We're going to be talking for the next number of weeks on how we can take back what I believe is the most powerful area of influence that we have in our lives. It's our family. We can talk about all different types of aspects of it, but I really believe this is that the, the greatest area of influence that we have been given to steward and to sow into is our is our family. Now, I know we have all kinds of different families. We have blended families. We have broken families. We have big families. We have small families. But whatever family you represent, you have an area and a place of influence and a place of favor that God's given you to influence that family. Our text is Joshua chapter 24. You've heard this. You probably saw it on Pinterest before you know it was a scripture. <laughs> Joshua chapter 24, verse, verse 15 it says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And then Joshua says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I'm just going to tell you one of the most powerful declarations you can make in your life is this right here, a decision that as for me and my, not just me, for me and, this is why, this is why we called it Take It Back, because I know that you're doing it for you, but I want to encourage you to step into a greater place of authority, whether you're a son, a daughter, a mother, a father, a grandfather, a grandmother, to take it back to a place where we say, as for me and my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. This decision starts with the declaration, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's, it, it is, it's a decision, it's a mindset, even before it's, it's, it's even a discipline, it's a mindset, even before it carries out to our behavior, it's a, it's a mindset, even before we put it into practice, it's understanding that I am responsible for more than just just me. I have authority over more than just me. In our current culture, we're learning, I'm learning this, to control what I can control and to trust God with what I can't. You know, you'll be really stressed out in life if you try to control things you can't control. There are some things that you can control, and that's, that's you. We, 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 we were in marriage counseling one time with our, with our therapist, Randy, good friend of ours, and uh, we're going to go see him soon. And he, uh, he, sa- he says, uh, you know, the, o- the only person you have the, right, the power to change is you. I'm like, we paid for that? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I, I know that, but, but it's, it's so often that we forget that we can't control a lot of things that are happening in our world. But what you can control is the declaration you make over your family to decide that as for me and this house, we're going to serve the Lord. The most effective way for us to change the world, it's a big statement, is to change our families. You, you, you got one vote, you got a whole family. The most effective way for you to change the world is to use every necessary option so you can take advantage of the freedom that you have to vote, to choose, to decide, to have an opinion, but that family is the place you sow, 
That family is the place that you pray over, that you tend to, that you watch over, that you declare, that you prophesy over, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Me and my, my grandkids and my great-grandkids and my great-great-great. The lineage continues on. The legacy continues on because of what you do right now. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. It's a story of an incredible mother. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 24. As you turn there, and we'll have it on the screen as well, I just want you to know that Mother's Day isn't a happy day for everybody. And the story that we're going to look at in the text is representative of a mom before she was a mom that was frustrated because everyone was having children, but she could not. She was in a place of barrenness that led her to a place of despair. But we know from, our script, from the scripture that we'll read in a second that God met her. He met her in that place. So I want you to know that when we say Happy Mother's Day, it is not that we do not understand the battle for some of you that maybe have lost your mom this year. Maybe for some of you have had a broken relationship. Maybe some of you who are raising kids in a, in a single household. Maybe some of you dads, that your kids don't have a mom that's present. Maybe some of you that want to be a mom, but you're not a mom yet. Maybe have been unable to be a mom, or you've lost a child. We have all kinds of different people that are represented in our rooms. So when we say Happy Mother's Day, we honor our moms, but it's not without compassion for the journey that every person is walking through right now. 1 Samuel shows us this. Chapter 1, verse 24, it speaks of a woman maybe you've heard of in the Bible named Hannah. Hannah gave birth to the prophet Samuel. Now, earlier in this text, Hannah is provoked. She's tormented by other women that are having children, but she was unable to. So we know from history is that Hannah gave herself to the pattern and to the rhythm of prayer, believing God that someday she would have a child. And this text is after now she has given birth to Samuel. So she's been heartbroken. She's contended. She's prayed. God answered her prayer. Now she gives birth to Samuel, and we pick it up in verse 24. It says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And when the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. She was the one that was praying all those years. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I get, this is an interesting dynamic. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. And for his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah had sought for years to be able to have a child, to be able to have a legacy through a son or through a daughter. And now she has Samuel. And we see that as soon as she has this child, now he's been weaned. The first thing that she does is she gives him back to the Lord. I think there's a hidden message in there. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. It says, the wise woman builds her house. 
It says, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. Let's just focus on the wise woman. We don't want to have any conviction on Mother's Day. The wise woman, built, you, you have the ability to build your home. A home doesn't just happen. Family doesn't just happen. You don't just go to dinner, look over, see well-behaved kids, and be like, wow, they're lucky. They had to fight for that. All right? There is some process that went into that. There was some consequences that went into that. They didn't just naturally pop out a kid that's perfectly behaved, sitting there praying for the meal, worshiping the Lord as he eats his french fries and hamburger without complaining. No. That, that's trained. You, you have to build your house. I, 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 think it's, I think it's really important to know that a good marriage, a good relationship, good children, a good family doesn't just happen. I, 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 I wish, you know, Dogecoin would just go to the moon like they say. Maybe you watched, maybe you didn't, maybe you know what that is. And, and, and then we wouldn't have to save money. And we would, I mean, just like, you know, you instantly get rich quick. But for most people, wealth is built over time. It's, it's, it's built over time. Family's built. Family is established. Family is formulated with intentionality. And for you moms out there, this is the wise woman built. You are a builder. You, are a, you have the ability, you have the capacity, you have the makeup, the skills, the gifts to build a home. A build, to build a home of legacy. To build a home where God is honored. To build a home where God is lifted up. To build a home that impacts generations. Generations. We uh, wrote some declarations for all the moms that you're going to be getting uh, as you go out and they're spiritual and, and uh, one of our staff members, Dawn, who's been with us forever, she wrote them out. They're incredible. You're going to get them on the way out, moms. And, and um, those are the spiritual ones, but, but we found out through the grapevine that Donna also has like unspiritual <laughs> declarations. So Pastor Steve kind of shared some of these unspiritual declaration so we started digging in and and um I started talking to to Donna and and she she sent me some of her unspiritual declarations I'm gonna tell you she's an incredible mom with incredible family with incredible kids and so you know you can take them or leave them but she says put your big girl slash boy pants on and deal with it that's a good that's a good declaration 2021 too bad so sad if I told you once not to do something and pointed out the danger and you go ahead and do it again, don't come back crying to me, i.e. jumping off the bunk beds, teasing the dog, spraying your brother with water, etc. Just make sure you know where the phone is and call 911 yourself. I like it. Here's a tissue for your issue. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8. Here's the list and do it in order. Finish high school. Finish college, get a job, get married, have kids, do it out of order, and you choose your own list and you do it your own way. I love you, I'm proud of you, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol, don't do cigarettes, don't do sex before marriage, and you can use these interchangeably one per day at school drop off. I'll tell you that right there, that's some gold, that's some gold. Our own Donna Kent, everybody. If, you, if you'd like a copy of the real declarations, you can just email the office. 
We'll make sure that we get them to you. We're responsible as parents, but really the, our message is two moms, directed to moms, but it touches every single person, is that we're responsible to build. Wise people build. I'm going to tell you what kind of house you want to build. You want to build a house of protection. That, that, that means that I guard the house. We only use Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart when we're talking about our kids not dating someone. But that scripture is interchangeable with every scenario of your life, and we have to build a house of protection. That means we have to guard what comes in our house. Moms, you've got to guard, and you do a really good job of this, guarding what comes in your home. I remember, I, I remember playing sports, and, and my, mom, my mom's a protector, and she's here, so i got to be careful. But I remember a couple times, like I'd be out on the baseball field, and I'd be at bat, and, and my, my mom would start binding the pitcher. You know what that means? Like spiritually, like we bind it. I mean, I'm like, Mom, she, he's not a demon. She's, that, that man's trying to strike you out, son. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Hallelujah. I told her, I'm like, man, you got you to pipe it down. So then she just went to tongues, and I'm like, Mom, it's getting crazy. Protection. Protect. Do, do you protect your home? Do you pre- Well, let's just see what happens. Let's we'll see if our kids serve God. No, you've got to protect your home. You have to protect the atmosphere. You've got to protect the environment. You need to protect what they watch. You need to protect what they hear. Can I say this? You need to protect what they witness. Protect what they, what they witness. I learned this from Pastor Steve and Lisa that kids don't need adult problems. So we talk to the kids about kids' problems. We talk to the adults about adult problems, and we don't mix them. We don't bring adult problems into kids' lives. That's how you protect your home. Our kids don't need your work stress. Our kids don't need your marriage stress. Our kids don't need your frustration. You've got to protect the home in which you're raising these kids. Jamie and I, we, we've seen a couple times, and our boys are young, seven and six, and, and, and there's been times we've been talking about an intense issue or something that's going on in the church, and we're dealing with, and we're talking about it, and, and, and we'll, we'll catch each other's eye, and we'll look over, and Jude's just <laughs> watching. Is he seven? You have to protect. Be careful that you don't say, oh, he's too young, it's not going to affect him. She's too young, it's not going to affect her. Let your home be a protected place where they can grow and where they can thrive. Your first ministry is your family. Your first, you know, I I, I had someone a couple weeks ago, they said, Pastor, we we think right now you're you're putting your family ahead of the church. I said, well, bless God, looks like you're going to have a pastor for a long time. Because I know a lot of pastors that are not in ministry anymore that put the ministry in front of their family, and we don't even know their name anymore, don't know where they are anymore. But our first ministry, your first ministry, above your job, above anything else, is your family. we got to take our families back. They have been attacked. They have been polluted. They have been perverted. They have been ransacked. And we need men and women of God to decide that we are going to take the family back. We're going to take the family. A, a, a house of protection. A house of peace. This, this doesn't mean that you never have a problem. 
This doesn't mean that you never have tension, but you begin to work towards having a house of peace. A house of peace. That means you're like you're godly. You know, you, you'd be Christians at home. I heard a pastor tell a story about a, uh, a dedication service this, this past week, and he said they did a dedication service, and, and so one of the families, they dedicated their baby, and they had a couple other kids, and they were on their way home, and, and the, uh, the oldest son in, got in the car, and he started to weep in the car. The parents were all excited because they just got the baby dedicated, and they're like, son, why are you crying? And he says, well, the pastor said that we should be raised in a godly home. He said, I want to stay with you. <laughs> Poor kid thought he's taken away, getting taken away from his family. <laughs> you you, you got to have peace in your home. This, this is something we have to build. I, I, I am just so amazed at the levels of exposure in our families to stress and to anger and to rage. And your kids should never see you yelling at each other. Your kids should never hear expletives coming out of your mouth. You should never call each other names. You should, that's not peaceful. You don't want your kids, grow, not where they never see stress, not where they never understand pressures of life, but you protect the place of peace. In your house of peace, don't raise your voice. Don't call names. Don't let division live. Apologize to each other. Apologize to your kids. Kids, apologize to your parents. Let there be repentance in the house and live in peace. Peace is not the absence of troubles. It's, so it's when some of you are already feeling condemned, you don't need to feel condemned. We have, we have all kinds of issues. I mean, I'm yelling at you right now, so you can imagine how hard this is for me. I, this, peace is a, it's a, cha, it's a challenge, but it's something that we aim for, that our house would be a house of peace. Moms, can I just say this? You have so much power over creating an atmosphere of peace in your home. I come home stressed. I'm a little moody at times. At times. And... Uh, and, and Jamie creates an atmosphere of peace. Our home is peaceful. She, she'll, do, she'll do little things to make sure that the house is peaceful when, I'm, when, I, when I get home. She'll work hard to make sure that the boys and, 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 and that our life is prepared to do everything we can. Because we are committed to protecting our home, but to also having a home of peace. Now listen to this. We also have to build a house of presence. You, you, you have to be intentional about building into your life a house of presence. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. We're not super spiritual people. I know you hear me preach all the time, and, and, and you think just because I'm preaching all the time, I'm, a super, I'm not a super spiritual person. I'm not having four-hour dinner prayers before we eat. If you pray so long the food goes cold, we've got an issue. Most people that pray too long for dinner is because that's the only time they pray. I, if you pray more often, you can quick do a quick prayer. And thank you, Lord, for the food. He already knows your name. It's not like you have to have an introduction. Hello, Lord, we haven't talked since last Sunday. We, I, if you have consistent relationship, you don't have to ruin Mother's Day dinner today. 
You can just thank the Lord for the food and, and move on. But presence has to be built intentionally, which means in your home, your kids should see you pray. I'm going to say, I'm going to give you two things. They should see you pray and they should hear you pray. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about that vocal prayer. They need to hear you pray. They need to hear what you say. They need to hear your, you, they need to hear your words. My, my, my boys, when we drive to school, it's, it's mission mode. I take them to school almost every day, and uh, it's mission mode. I got 10 minutes from my house to the school, and so we've got declarations. They go through the flashcard. They got to memorize now. They got declarations, and uh, sometimes, you know, we're just, it's tired. It's a long week, and they're just in the back, so I just turn up the worship music, and I pray over them, whether they like it or not. Whether, but they listen to me pray over their lives. These boys will serve God. These, well, I don't want to make their choice for them. No, no, no. Friends, I'm going to tell you something right now. The world is not going to make the choice for my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you leave your family to chance, friends, the enemy will take full advantage of it. You've got to decide from the get-go, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jude, you will serve the Lord. Genesis, you will serve the Lord. Our family will be a place of peace and a place of presence. So I'm committed to the house of God, the church, and I'm committed to having a house of presence, my home. Both sides. There's no excuses. You, families, don't give your kids any excuse to go to church or not. You know how many times I was drugged to church in my lifetime when I didn't want to go? I would be sick. Thank God for COVID because now, like, people get sick and they actually stay at home. Back then, it was like, get in the car, son. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, like, it's like throw up now, go to Sunday school. It's like, oh, for real? Like, this is like, this is not right. Well, you can, you can sit in dad's office. And you can listen to the message through the door. I'm like, could I just stay home? No, this family goes to church. But it created a rhythm of my life that this family goes to church. We're in the house of God. We're with the people of God. We worship. We pray. If prayer is foreign to your children, then you are making a grave mistake. If you're going to build, then you have to expose. Do you know how many things they're being exposed to at school? That is what is shaping their lives and their minds, how they react, how they respond to conflict. And your school has your kids almost more than you do. So you better be very intentional that in your home, and I'm going to help you with something, this is not constant training and teaching. This is more atmospheric than it is instructional. So you know, okay, son, got back from school. Let's go through the four, four, four laws of theology. Let's go through the Romans road. Let's go through, you know. No, but there's an atmosphere of peace. There's an atmosphere of presence. They see the same dad Crazy on the stage as they do crazy on the soccer field, which got a little out of hand yesterday. Thanks, coach, for holding me back. He was out of line, though. <sighs> Public repentance. In my defense, Jamie was up, too. So was, we were doing it together. We were, we were doing it together. Mm. It's a little out of hand. A house of presence. I want to build a house. I want in my home 
There to be peace where my kids sense when you come in through the doors, this is our home. This is where peace is. It's interesting in, in uh, our text, the, the, the progression of Hannah, I want to give you this as we close, the progression of how she stewarded this gift that God had given her with Samuel. It's, it's interesting that she had been praying for years for this gift. So when she, she prayed and she made a commitment to God, if you give me, I'll give back, which doesn't really make sense, does it? Like, why would you, why would you need something if you're just going to give it back? But she understood a spiritual principle that in my hands, it's under my power. In God's hands, it's under his power. She does this. She, first thing she did, and this, should, this will help all of us, she brought him. She brought her promise to the house of God. I'm going to tell you this. This is leadership. She brought him. It's leadership. You are going to have to lead your family. You can't follow. You can't just see what happens. You got to, can't, man, I wonder how the kids are going to turn out. You don't want to leave that to chance. We are going to lead them. We're 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 going to bring them to the house of God. We're going to bring them into the presence of God, the house of peace, the house of protection, the house of prayer. We're going to bring, this is what she did. She brought them. She didn't let Samuel decide, the son. She put him in the temple at an early age. Well, he's 12 years old. I don't think he really likes church. Get dressed, son. Because I'm going to bring you. I'm, I'm going to lead you. Why do we make such an effort as a church to reach the next generation? So that you don't have to force your kids to come. Because we believe in you and your kids and their kids. And for generations, we're going to move together. And we're going we're to see this entire nation impacted by the power of God through the vehicle of the family. Of the family. She brought him. The second thing she did is she prayed for him. Oh, she prayed. She prayed for years of years after years of being disappointed. You know, I, I remember as a young child hearing my grandmother pray. I would wake up, we would fall asleep watching TV because we didn't watch TV at my house, but at grandma's house, we, we did. And um, don't know if that's a confession or not, but it happened and we would fall asleep watching TV and I would wake up sometimes in the night and I would hear my grandma in the night crying out to God. I could hear her praying. Man, I, at seven years old, eight years old, I have memories of it. I didn't know what it, what it was necessarily. I didn't think it was cool or not cool. I thought it was a little bit of a disturbance because I'm trying to sleep. I'm like, man, Grandma is crazy. <laughs> she is crazy. She's up at 1 a.m. like saying something. Like she's crazy. But it marked my heart. I remember on Sunday mornings waking up as a child and my mom would have worship music playing in the house. And it was Sunday. We knew it was Sunday. There was not a, hey, how do you feel this morning? We're going to church. The worship was filling the house. There's peace in the house. We get ready. We would go to church. That's what we did. That's what, that's what I do now. That's what my boys do. That's what my grandparents did. That it, it, it's passed on. God's a God of generations. For some of you, you're like, I wish I had that. It starts with you. You could start it right now. Don't be discouraged. Just start fresh. Start right now. Well, I just, I kind of wasted some. My kids are older now. I made mistakes. No, stop. You stop right now. Stop that thinking. Stop that negativity. And start bringing and praying. Hannah prayed. She sought God. The last thing she did 
is she gave. She gave him. So she brought him. That's leadership. She prayed for him. That's power. That's spiritual power. And then she gave him. This is surrender. It's surrender. If we're going to take our families back, I'm going to give you the key, the flip-flop. If we're going to take our families back, we have to start by giving them back. Taking back our family starts with giving back. So let me help you with this. You can trust God. You can trust Him. If you're a mom in here, you got a broken family, you can trust Him. If you're doing this thing all by yourself, you can trust Him. If you have a dream to be a mom, you can do this. You can trust Him. If you've lost your mom, you can trust Him. What every any area that you find, we bring it to God. We pray, that's our power, that's our supernatural ability, and then we surrender this thing. Hannah brings him to the house of God, she prays, and then she gives, it to, she gives Samuel to the priest, and she says, here he is. I prayed for God to give me a son. I said if he gave me a son, I would give him back. So here he is. He'll serve here for the rest of his life. Crazy. The actual word is this. She lent him to the Lord. Whatever we give to God may upon this account be said to be lent to him. That though we may not recall it as a thing lent or borrowed, yet he will certainly repay it with interest to our unspeakable advantage. Whatever we give to God, he does not hold without returning a reward and interest for that act of surrender. I'm telling you, this is the greatest news, is that we can trust God. So many of us, we're losing our minds because of control. I'm trying to control this and control them and control that. I'm telling you to build. I'm not telling you to control. I'm telling you to build, 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 and then bring and pray and surrender. You know what's crazy? This, this scripture, it's the last scripture in this. It says, I, I noticed this last night. It says, so I, now I gave him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. This is so awesome. Hannah's doing all of this thing. And it says, and he worshiped the Lord there. Pause. Who worshiped? Samuel. The kid. When she brought him and she prayed and she gave, he worshiped. She trusted God with his life. And he, some scholars believe maybe he was five years old. Four years old, five years old. They weaned a lot later back in the day, and the word was different. It was not just in feeding. It was also in some of their just daily disciplines or taking care of them. A weaning would be like this kid is ready to move on to the next stage of childhood. And at that early age, he worshiped. I want you to know this. God sees you. He sees your family. And whether you feel like you've built the wrong thing or you've never built anything, today is your chance to flip it around and to begin to build a house of presence and a house of peace and a house that's protected. God can redeem any time that you feel like is lost. He can turn it around for your own good. And I'm going to declare this over you. As for you and your household, you will serve the Lord.